Welcome back, everybody. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about the Zanzibar Marketplace job. And I have a brand new guest co-host with me. It's my friend, Jen. Say hello, Jen. Hi, everybody. Jen is, you're an old friend. Like, you're not old. You're my age, but you've been around a while. There, My knees don't work that well, so it can be old a little bit. Well, yeah. I mean, yes. But I'm not saying you're any older than I am. Because my knees also make a lot of noise when I go upstairs. It's fine. It's fine. Jen, tell us how you got into Leverage. I got into it like when it first came out. I saw the preview and I was like, I'm watching that. <laughs> That's going to be good. It's got, you know, girl from coupling. Mm-hmm. Hot guy. <laughs> quirky blonde. It's like a perfect package there. Yeah. Yeah. Just on, just on looks alone. Oh, yeah. And it was like a, like if you like a Ocean's Eleven, but just want it like in an hour, it's a great way to watch it. Like, oh, like you're so confused for most of the show into the last bit when they just be like, oh, by the way, this whole other stuff is going on. And you're like, what? Mind blown. What? Again. <laughs> I didn't know it would, like, you would get out of this this time. I love that feeling of, like, I know they're going to get away with it, but are they going to get away with it? Like, I don't see how it's possible. <laughs> I'd be screwed. Yes. I just I myself have died a long time ago. Oh, yeah. No, there's no way I would live. And I would just be, like, riddled with guilt and anxiety all the time. Mm -hmm. that I was going to mm -hmm. Yeah. So obviously like, we are Oh, not I can't this. lie. I'm not a very good liar. I'd just be like, I'm here. I'm so sorry. Did you want this bag? <laughs> and you have a lot of ticks too. Uh -huh. <laughs> you're just doing one where you're like rubbing your chest or you're like twirling anxious. your hair. Anxious all the time. I'm not like the worst superhero out there. <laughs> Anxiety girl. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah, I go along with the guy that just sweats a lot. <laughs> Moist. Moist. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he was an evil, like, was an evil guy. Because that's disgusting, but still. No. no. Um, okay, so tell us what you're drinking tonight as I refill my own glass. Well, it's supposed to be a Paloma, but I don't have any tequila. So it is vodka. And so it's like a Greyhound, I guess. Yeah. And grapefruit. So very healthy. So I'm like, I'm so skinny right now. You're not going to get sick at all, all that vitamin C. Oh my, I'm going to fight scurvy to the end. As the good nurse that you are, that's good. Yeah. Um, I just poured the last of my bottle of wine, so. That's like a tiny bit. That's like a thimble of wine. Well, I drank a lot earlier. This is a, this is a healthy glass. It's okay. It's a really wide glass. It looks wide. Is that what it, it's like a optical illusion? Yeah. It's so it, like, like, are you coming back? Oh, no. <laughs> I know I have like another bottle of red. I can open that in a minute. If we oh, you can mix them and make a rosé. Exactly. All right, so in this episode, Nate's ex-wife Maggie has been falsely accused of art theft and imprisoned. Mm. The team travels to the Ukraine to clear her name, locate the stolen Fabergé egg, take down the real criminal, and try not to let Sterling screw them over. I love Sterling! Sterling! Uh, this episode was written by Melissa Glenn and Jessica Reeder, who did uh, the Three Days of the Hunter job. Um, they did the two-horse job which introduced us to Sterling. So they came up with this character. Okay. And every time he shows back up in the show, they get paid extra since he's their creation. He's, they like created like a Moriarty. Yeah. Like he's 
Yeah. Oh, sorry. Keep going. Yeah. No, that's perfect. I've never thought of him that way. He is. He's like the arch nemesis type yeah. thing that they can never really catch. Mm-hmm. And he's smug AF. He is so all the smug. Time. And he's layered. He's got layers. Mm-hmm. He's not just yes. like, I'm bad. Yeah. He's yeah, like, he's, he's doing his job. Yeah. But he's a jerk. But also, he's like so cute. Like Mark Shepard, I just want to like he? put him in my pocket. Yes. Do you want to put him in your pocket because you want to change the way he's dresses? Because did you see that purple this, number with that weird with the pink? Um, so I think the way that he dresses in this episode and the way that a lot of people dress in this episode um, is part of the job. Like, I think he dresses like that, like to play this this part with Nate later on. You know what okay. I mean? Because that's okay. not how he dresses normally. He usually is much more subdued yeah. and, and classy. Maybe he, he's just trying to retile his bathroom and wanting to like look at options. <laughs> how do these colors go together? Do they clash? What do you think? Like, but let yeah. me try it out for a day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they are brilliant writers, and I'm glad that they brought us that. And this episode was also directed by Jeremiah Chechik, who also directed the Iceman job earlier in the season when Hardison gets kidnapped by Russians. Mm. Um, yeah. My love. <laughs> Same. Same. Yeah. Hardison, not, not the Russians. No, I mean, and I'm sure they're fine. Besides some. that kidnapping thing. But some of them, yeah. yeah. They gave us vodka. Brought to you by my drink. But, <laughs> um, No. Hardison. Yes. Hardison. Yes. yes. We'll talk more about Hardison in a minute and everybody else. Uh, but the episode opens in Kiev, Ukraine, where Maggie, who we love, who is played by Kari Matchett, is closing up a museum at night and she's on the phone and she's like laughing and flirting with somebody. And then she turns around and she's surprised by somebody with a taser. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess they tase her and she passes out, which... I don't know if tasers actually do that. And I was researching. And so some of the stuff that I was saying was like, it's going to hurt and you might fall down and have a bruise and be really upset, but it doesn't knock you out. Yeah. That's some like wavy magic. They cut that out. (laughs) They wouldn't want to humiliate Maggie that way. She's too good. No, but I want to mention as well. I don't understand. So I looked up. Museum of Art in Kiev to be like, which one is it? Because there's got to be a lot. I couldn't. Well, from what Parker says later, well, maybe she went to the same one, but keep going. I couldn't find the building. I was like, it has like a dome thing. The Museum of Art is very lovely. And I was wondering why they didn't shoot it there. Or if they did, maybe I'm looking at a different angle. I looked through all the photos on like TripAdvisor, all these different art museums there. And I was like, which one is it? You're so good to do all this research. So they, uh, according to the commentary, just like with everything else this season, it's shot on location in Portland. Mm. So, <laughs> so they didn't actually go to Kiev. Shut the front door. <laughs> so that is an exterior shot. Probably didn't have the budget to go to like the Ukraine. No, shockingly. They are always like, okay, so what country could we have this be in and originally in the script they it was going to be in caracas venezuela and that's where they were going to set the whole thing but then they were like nowhere in portland 
can be Caracas, Venezuela. So they were like, okay, where can we put it? And then they um, they landed on Kiev. So I I can't be certain, but I'm pretty sure that exterior shot is just someplace in Portland. Like that it's shot. Some of, lovely of places in Portland. I've been there and I did not see any of them. <laughs> Well, they loved shooting in Portland. Like every time I listen to the commentary, they're like, oh my gosh, the pe- people of Portland Portland are so great. They let us use this old courtroom. They let us just dig a hole in one of their parks. They let us blow up a car in the middle of the road. They have just let us do whatever we want in Portland. <laughs> do, you th- do you think they just love coffee that much? They're just like, let's stay here. I mean, I do. I'd love to go to Portland. But I feel like it's a little out of my price range now let me know i'll drive with you you gotta go drive the gorge is it gorge it's it's like legit gorge you know how i feel like about a gorge yeah i know i know. We love a gorge we love a gorge in the middle of the night oh my god trying to watch the sunrise yeah we're gonna be here all night <laughs> but, yeah, the, the sun is not gonna rise till very late and we're inside of a gorge <laughs> yep, it's only like it's only midnight we've got several more hours we're all really drunk. And again, we're inside a gorge. Yep. And, we're and it's the- winter. And it's very cold. Like, I feel like there was ice. There was no ice. I- but it was very cold. And all we had was a bottle of tequila. Oh, God. Why did we drink so much tequila that trip? We just get bottles. Uh, oh, we, just- we had a chaser of a carrot. That was the only chaser we had. I don't think we... I mean, I... The first half of the trip, I think we drank a lot of tequila. The second half, we drank a lot of really bad wine. Oh, we did. (laughs) And then the clinking of your glass. Oh, so good. Okay. (laughs) So back to Maggie. She's all passed out on the floor of this art museum, God knows where. Uh, Ukraine, Portland, whatever. Um, And then she comes to you just as the police show up to talk in English around her. And uh, to cart her off to jail. Because that's definitely the first thing I would do if I was a police officer. And I found a crime scene and there was someone passed out, an unconscious person at the scene of the crime. I'd be like, that person goes to jail. Yep. They did it. Definitely. They're What would they have done to me if I never found that bathroom in the British Museum? I just feel like these museums, they are not laid out well. She could have passed out because she was stuck there. There's Mm -hmm. There's levels. Yeah. Or you could be like, look at this burn mark I have from getting tased. Yeah. I I know it doesn't make sense, but I passed out because of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And then we're at McCrory's. And I love this. Hardison is trying to convince Parker to go to Tokyo with him. Two weeks weeks. in Tokyo. It'd be great. And she's like, what are are we trying to steal? No, Parker. No, you just, you, you clutch on to that. Don't let him go. Yeah. Yeah, poor Parker is not ready for this next step, uh, which I think is a big step. Like, they're not even like, he's not like, hey, do you want to go get dinner? Hey, will you be my girlfriend? He's like, do you want to go spend two weeks in Tokyo? You know why? She's such a good thief. She stole his heart. Oh, dang. Right. (laughs) But he has not hacked his way into hers yet. Nope, nope. He can't. He can't figure out her mainframe. (laughs) Mm-mm. Mm, just know the right password. <laughs> Very complicated. The firewalls are up. 
Yeah. <laughs> no one knows what cookies are. <laughs> I, I, I think Parker loves cookies. She's very thin. You think she likes a cookie? Man, she's so thin. She's too thin. I want to give her a sandwich the whole show. I'm like, this so much episode especially because you get to see her in a dress. They freaking love putting her in a bandage dress. But I was like, where are her organs? Okay, but this is not a skinny shaming podcast. So no, it's <clears> not. She's beautiful. I want her she's, hair. She's beautiful. She's wonderful. I love her. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so he's clearly trying to take their relationship to a different place, and she does not understand humans. So mm-hmm. that's not gonna work out for a while. Yeah. And then meanwhile, Nate has to stop Elliot from hitting on a waitress. Oh, what was up with that? I was like, come on, why are you being so sexist? You call A, you called her sweetheart. Mm-hmm. And then you gave her the look up and down. Yeah, he gave her the elevator eyes. And then he's like, what? I can't have a friend. And Nate has to tell him, join a softball league. Yeah. But I think what might be doing this is whatever the hell is in Elliot's hair. What were those things? He I- has like braids and silver beads. I was, I did not understand it. I, they're there the entire episode. Uh, but they're not there any other episode. No. It's, this and episode never mentioned. About beads. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I was hoping in the commentary they would address this and they do not. Like, did he go on a cruise to the Bahamas and he was like, oh, well, I'm here. I'm going to, you know, when you get your hair wrapped with the thread when you're a girl, when you're a kid. Nothing. There's no... There's no explanation and there's no excuse. It's do you know okay. what day it came out on? Was I it like do. a like a shout out to Indigenous Persons Day? Or I don't think that's the way you should make a shout out to Indigenous. It's people. not, but it was way in the past. Maybe they didn't know how to do it. True. This aired on January twenty seventh, two thousand ten. I don't think that that's the day. I don't. I think Indigenous People Day is now Columbus Day. No, I think it's the other way around. Columbus Day is now Indigenous People Day. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. And yeah, that, that's not, that's not this month. Nope. Nope. So uh, there's no excuse. But I literally was just like, what is that? Just like yelling at my screen. It's terrible. It's bad. Um, and and what's worse is that no one calls him on it. Like you can't grow as a person if people are not willing to call you on your shit. You don't think that someone's going to call him on it? He's the hitter. No one's going to be like, uh, that hair. Have we thought about just, just cutting him out? Well, I mean, I feel like Hardison could say something without getting pummeled. Like, oh, hey, you look like my foster sisters. Like, but Hardison doesn't really have any hair. Maybe he could, like... You think he's jealous? Maybe. No. Hardison is not jealous of... Well, he might be jealous. Of- well, you know, like when you cut your hair, when you go like either through like a breakup or a big life change, you just like cut your hair off to like prove it. And then you see some like gorgeous long hair. You don't think guys have that envy? Like, I wish I could do like a little bit of a twirl with a tassel at the end of my hair. <laughs> I don't know. Do men have thoughts that complex? I like to think so, but I don't know. <laughs> Let's ask a dude. You should have that as your show. Like, okay, dudes. <laughs> dudes. What, what are we asking? Like, do they have, like, hair envy? Do you? Like, okay, yeah. Do you have hair envy? Like, they Yeah, walk, I feel like, like bald guys have tribal. hair envy of guys with good long hair. I don't know. Okay. But I don't think that... I think Hardison is confident enough in himself and how hot he is to be like, I'm not jealous that... My bro has braids and beads in his hair. 
In fact, he's hiding it on the bottom part of his hair. Maybe he is ashamed. Le- almost like a peekaboo highlight, you know, when you yeah. throw them in the back. Mm-hmm. They're like, I'm going to try green, but I don't want people to notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, oh, I, I regret this. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, we can talk about this for like three years, but oh, we're yeah. going to move on because Tara is mocking Nate because he's going through his possible cases and she tells him, you're not going to be able to save everybody, which pisses him off. And he has to go get another drink of coffee. They all make it seem strange, but I don't think it's that strange if he's mixing Irish whiskey with coffee. Like, it'd be weirder if he was like, I'm going to go, like, Goldschlager. This coffee or something, like, disgusting. Like, No, it's not weird that he's putting... He would order. It's not weird that he's putting the whiskey in the coffee. It's that he's drinking again. Because he just started drinking again two episodes ago. Well, he's dealing with stuff. He is dealing with stuff, but... And, and that's, you know, what, that's what Elliot said. in a freaking bar. It it's not a problem. Help. It's a symptom. Exactly. Um, which I'm like, but is it? What is it a symptom of what? Alcoholism. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really <laughs> strong symptom. It's like the only symptom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, true, true. But I feel like they're saying something beyond alcoholism. It's like Nate's need to control everything. And I don't know how alcohol makes you feel like you're in control of things, but that's all right. So when he comes back from getting his coffee, uh, mm. he tells Elliot, he's like, oh, so I don't want you to do anything violent. And Elliot's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I only use violence as an appropriate response. Oh. And then, and then you hear that voice. Jim Sterling's voice. Uh, which at first when he comes in you see Nate for a second and you're like because the last time we saw Sterling he was a hallucination of Nate's when he was in rehab uh-huh. yeah and um, so for a second I bet Nate was like oh my god is it another hallucination because I'm drinking again <laughs> yeah like how many have I had yeah oh shit okay but no it's really it's really Sterling and then we do get to see Elliot do something violent and there's that this whole scene is really cool because there's the the rotating camera, but then like the yeah. sped up and the slowed down parts of it. Yeah. And it's all one shot. It's all one take, apparently, with like the zooming in and the slow-mo. And the director was saying that he would he had like everybody who wasn't in the shot like like physically just pause and not move at all until they pan back around to them. It's so cool because he punches Sterling and he like busts out a tooth, which they never talk about again. I really wanted him to just like walk around with like a gap in his mouth. <laughs> Does it, do they bust out a tooth? I thought it was just spittle. No, it's a tooth. Oh. Yeah. And then um, Hardison's ready with like a handful of cash to bribe, oh, yeah. the, to bribe the bartender. Anybody? And then like <laughs> Parker and Hardison are just like, yeah, get it. <laughs> creepiest smile ever on Parker. Oh, they love it. Like, Parker's totally turned on. You're really enjoying this. Yes. You're probably into some weird stuff, but I love it. Yes. All three of them. Because, you know, I shipped the three of them. Yeah. yeah, They're like, oh, yeah. He's doing his thing. (laughs) That's our guy. (laughs) I love it. Um, And Tara's like, oh, he seems to rub Elliot the wrong way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) He must have issues. I don't know. I wonder what the story is there. So then we got Sterling's like subdued by uh, by Elliot, 
And um, Mark Shepard's son actually was on the set when they were filming this. And they said that he loved seeing his dad get beat up by Christian King. Really? <laughs> yes. Like, get him. Get my dad. Beat him up. Um, but yeah. So Sterling tells him that he wants to offer them a job. And then he says the one word, the only word that would get them to work with him, which is Maggie. Yes. Um, so they take him upstairs and he like judges everything. He's like, oh, you live here and you work here? I like the old place better. And Hardison's about to throw hands. <laughs> just beat him up. He's just going to throw that like pile of passports at his face. They do have like a pile paper of passports. Cuts, paper cuts. <laughs> Could you get a paper cut with a passport? They're thick. They'd be a hardcore paper cut. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, but I love that just like pile of passports. Yeah. Um, so he kind of explains the whole case to them and there's a missing Fabergé egg, which is one of only 69, ha, nice, um, said to still exist. And it's worth $9 million. So that was what was stolen. And Maggie was in the museum verifying Russian artifacts for a museum exhibit that's about to open. And she was the only person in the museum the night of the robbery. So obviously, I love, Tara finds out that Maggie's his ex-wife and then she asks, well, like, could she have taken the egg? <laughs> Parker's like, no, Maggie's the most honest person we know. But besides that, she's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I love that Parker loves Maggie. I know. I like that they all do. They do. Because yeah. they're all willing to just like, this is not okay. We got to go out save her. Yeah. And it's not because of Nate. It's because they genuinely like her. Yeah. Which is really cool. Um, yeah. And so... Sterling also tells them about the his suspect, which is the owner of the egg, Alexander Lundy, which is apparently a reference to the character Alexander Mundy, who was on the show from the 60, 60s called It Takes a Thief, which I was reading up about. And it's basically the original white collar. It was like a thief who was a, like a cat burglar who was um, caught by an FBI guy. And then he gets out of prison, but only on the grounds that he'll work with the police to solve cases. Does I'm he like, later go on to star in like Magic Mike? <laughs> so I saw a picture of this guy and God, I hope not because he's very old. <laughs> that would be amazingly awful. Um. So, yeah, so Alexander Lundy is this rich real estate mogul who works as, like, an economic advisor in the American embassy, which means he's impossible to get to for the police because he's kind of safe behind those embassy walls. But more importantly, Alexander Lundy is played by Matt Kiesler, who was the middleman. <gasps> Dumb dub? Yes. Shut up. Yes. Did you not recognize him? Well, he wasn't in his like little brown uniform where drinking. Yeah. He was like crying later in the episode. Like there's you can't go back from that. No. And then he was throwing up in a trash can, but that's okay. But yeah, no. Uh for those of you who haven't watched it, you should go find the one season of this perfect show called The Middleman. Wait for on- next podcast. Hmm? Where we we just wait for our next podcast where you go through every episode yes. of Middleman. Oh my God. I own the DVDs. I will yeah. do it. Do not even try. Um, the creator of that show, because it was based on these comics, um, Javier Grillo. I can't say the other part of his last name. Grillo Marx Marshall. He won't be offended at all. He's great. Javier's great. We He follows me on Instagram and sometimes he likes my images. But it's like the best show and it's full of 
ridiculous puns and silly names and outlandish situations that I would love to be in. Oh my gosh. Yes. To be anybody in that universe. I would love to be Ida. Okay. Yeah. But also my husband's on the show and he plays a hashtag perfect human being. Um, But no, Ida would be hilarious to play. Yeah. Or Noser. My gosh, it's been so long. I got to watch all those episodes again. Noser was the guy in the, who lived in the same apartment building as Dub Dub. And he was like always in the, the hallway. Just like noser. Yeah. Oh, I, I think it's been like 10 years since we watched those. Yeah. Kind since so I good. watched those. I mean, like it could have been yesterday. Yeah, no, I haven't rewatched them lately. But yeah, okay. the middleman is so good. And also Jeremiah Chechik, the director of this episode, directed a couple of those episodes. And also Mark Shepard was on the middleman. What? Yeah, he played what was he? Manservant Neville. Oh, oh, what? Yeah. So I mean Mark Shepard's been in literally every single television show you could possibly want to watch, if you were me. Yeah. The yeah. X-Files, Supernatural, Leverage, that's it. Um, the Middleman, just anything you need. He's yes. there. So, or Firefly, he was in Firefly. Um, Who was Christian Kane in Buffy? Christian Kane was in Angel. I, I, okay, so he was never in Buffy, right? Um, there might have been some crossovers, because but I he was about mostly like angel. Voted one of the handsome guy in the Buffy Angel universe. And I was like, when was he in Buffy? <laughs> no, he was he worked at Wolfram and Hart, the evil law firm on Angel. Got it. Got it. Okay, makes sense. So the middleman, and it was really hard to watch him be the villain for most of this episode. Yeah. And his voice, I was like, because it's been a while since I watched it too, and that that way that he talks reminds me so much of uh, this kid who used to come to the library a lot when he was like an older teenager. And now he's like married and a grown up and it's very weird, but they have like the same cadence in the way they talk. And they're both these like tall blonde boys. Um, and it turns out they're both from Michigan. So that might have something to do with it. That like, maybe like, little like take a trip to Michigan. I'm a good wholesome boy from Michigan. Yeah. Also I was looking at, uh, Matt Kiesler's IMDb. Are you supposed to pronounce Michigan? <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm so sorry. Michigan. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I was I was looking at his IMDb and his last thing is from 2015. And I was like, that's so long ago. He was on an episode of Grimm. Um, and the thing before that was this episode in 2010. So I was like looking at other things he might have been doing. And one of his trivia things is that in May 2014, Matt graduated Phi Beta Kappa from Reed College with a degree in biology. His senior thesis was entitled Effects of Anti-Malarial Drugs on the Vocal Central Pattern Generator in the Frog, Xenophis Lavis. Or Iavis. I think that's an I. I don't know. So it he's affects off- their, like their, their vocal patterns? Yeah. And the the effects of anti-malarials on him on them. What well, I, I mean, they do give so you strange dreams. He he moved from LA to Oregon with his wife and son. Are you ready to become a nurse? <laughs> Dear listeners, Jen is also a nurse. Oh my gosh! This this episode was meant to be. 
so many so many things oh my gosh that's so great he's out there doing anti-malarial things with frogs and working as a nurse that's special yeah that's super cool the middleman he's out there actually saving lives now no longer in the middle he's doing it he's doing it (sighs) okay good job matt Kiesler. out there being a good guy yeah. Let's go back into the subset of leverage where you're being a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Elliot is still not psyched about working with Sterling, but I'm still not happy about those beads in his hair. So we'll call so it it's even. Like, it's like a lose-lose for everyone, really. <laughs> exactly. Um, but Nate assures him that he's going to work uh, with Sterling and Elliot will be using his retrieval specialties to, you know, retrieve Nate's wife from jail. Also, he says, my wife which he did the last time we met up with uh, Maggie and... Are they officially divorced? They are. And she's back using her maiden name. And yeah. if Sophie was here, she'd be like, uh, your ex-wife? Yeah. But no one's going to call him on that. Yeah. So, and he wants to get out of there as soon as... Po- oh, he wants the team to get out as soon as they get her out so she doesn't know that they're there and that they're involved with it because he knows she's not going to be down with that. Uh, so then we jet over to Ukraine. I don't think everybody has a chance to grab clothes because some of the outfits they're wearing do not seem like things they would normally wear. Like Elliot's wearing this leather blazer. Maybe it just matches his beads. I <laughs> I can't talk about the beads so anymore. Like, leather is so um, constricting. It's constricting also, but it's very Eastern European. And Tara has a leather trench on as well but it looks so good on her because everything looks good on jerry ryan well it also looks great on her because she's standing in some weird dark alley i don't yes. know if she's being filmed there well because it's like cold war like yeah there is it looks- just all dark alleys i've never been to the ukraine apparently okay, it's very beautiful but yeah. for the part that she's doing right there she's kind of a lookout and then they use her in a second I don't know. And then Elliot ha- or Hardison has this like really ugly like oatmeal brown suit on that's horrible. He wears a lot of khaki brown and I dislike it. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot. I, we're not liking about the look of this episode. But it's- I'm sorry. I have other notes about different outfits that are coming up. Don't you worry. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so Nane Sterling meet with Alexander and his assistant Sam his assistant, Sam, looks like a white Kumail Nanjiani. Does he not? <gasps> yes. He does. Like, his eyebrows and, like, his long nose and his, like, sad eyes. He looks like Kumail Nanjiani. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's not as funny as him at all. But No, he doesn't hold a candle to Kumail Nanjiani, who is excellent. Yes. But yeah, he looks like a white version of him. Um, and they, you know, Sam has all these papers about, for the insurance and verifying lundy's alibi and all this stuff and nate is saying he's like vaguely threatening but oh assuring i'm sure you're gonna get yours like i was like wow it's It's not not subtle (laughs) not subtle nate you're usually a lot better at this yeah and and sterling's like oh yeah get it sterling's loving it and you can tell he like misses like being on the same side and working with him um, and then Hardison and Elliot are trying to use all this paperwork that Hardison has put together to get Maggie out of prison. But this, like, 
former Cold War, you know, Soviet Union bureaucrat is like, nah, or yet. yet. <laughs> <laughs> so they've got to trade in some favors. So Elliot writes down this number and this guy uses this amazing rotary phone. Okay, That's so where they all went to the Ukraine. They all went to Ukraine. No, they didn't go there. They just didn't get rid of them. I kept them. They're like, there's something wrong with this. That and the flip phone. If it's not Baroque, don't fix it. Mm. So, yeah. So, he uses this amazing rotary phone. Like, I love the color of it. I love that there's these extra buttons on the side. And then he takes forever to actually dial. So good. It's it's worth every second. Um, And the number that he calls is Tara. And she talks to him and... Ukrainian uh-huh. um, and tells him that Maggie's the the lover of some high up minister. So they let him out and he's like, oh, you just tell the minister whatever he needs. He can come from me. Come get me. And she's like, okay, wait, what? <laughs> and then she's not an idiot. And she quickly, quickly realizes like what, what guys must have helped get her out. And meanwhile, Nate and Sterling have like you know, an evidence wall. And Nate has realized that Lundy's on the verge of bankruptcy and Sterling. And it's cool because you get to see them work together. Like this is how they must have worked together when they were both at IYS. Sterling makes this logical conclusion that Lundy decided to loan the egg to the museum so that it's under their insurance and then get some muscle to break in and steal the egg so that he gets the money from the insurance and then possibly selling it. And Parker's suddenly there and she's like, oh, it's got to be an inside job, which is so good. Because he's like, when did she get there? Oh, yeah, she's just all those stats about how long it would have taken to break into this key code. Unless you were partisan, you couldn't get there this fast unless you were on the inside. Um, So they must have stolen Maggie's key cards and her identification stuff, her, her codes and everything. And Nate checks Lundy's schedule and saw that he had lunch with Maggie uh foreshadowing uh and that's when he must have had they his were just goons. discussing things oh yeah for the exhibits um and that's when he must have stolen her id card with their tongues <laughs> oh I, I cut that it's horrible <laughs> the people must know how you really are jim they must know um and then maggie walks in very dramatically and nate is like oh i can explain i can explain and this is my favorite part probably of the whole episode no there are other great parts but while they're arguing about nate being there and how maggie's not gonna leave the country until she's cleared and she's not comfortable that he's using thieves to clear her name parker is like i got you this fugitive bag because i know you've never gone on the run before and it's got money and it's got passwords and it's got lock pits toothpaste this is explosive don't confuse them and she's like thank you parker she's got a vial that's made to look like gum like not gum yeah. and she's like i i'm trying to focus on this fight i'm having but thank you, you parker <laughs> yes <laughs> she's still like i'm looking out for her she doesn't know she's too, she's too pure i'll show you how to use it so good and she, she's like um what is it she says she's like you know i don't feel comfortable because they're all thieves like no offense parker she's like what Wait, what? Yeah. Why, why would I be offended? That's what I am. So good. And then um, Sterling says, oh, actually, Nate's been rehabilitated Rehabilitated as he pours Nate a drink. And just the I- irony 
of that. Terrible. Oh. It was a good drink too. There was no ice in that. That's a, that's a fair amount of whiskey or scotch. I'm not sure which one. The brown. I don't like either. Brown liquor. I know you don't. I had to drink all of your scotch. Drink. Oh, you poor baby. <laughs> you do yeah. like scotch. It was not upsetting. And I did get a cute picture out of it. So it's fine. Um, yeah. So he tells her that he's officially he's there officially as an IYS consultant. And then Nate tells her that the rest of the crew isn't staying around and they're all everything's above board, which is a lie. It is a lie. They're not going anywhere. Uh, My favorite then, part was in that moment, too, where she was like, and besides, Elliot already punched him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. Like, we don't, we're not happy about it. They're gone. Elliot punched him. We're not, we're leaving. Um, and then Sterling's like, crime suits you. You're a better liar now. Which is rough. It's rough. But we got to get this done before Maggie figures out that he's lying. Yeah. And then we have Parker. Is this one of the outfits you want to talk about? Parker's outfit here? No, I want to talk about Maggie's outfit here. Oh, Next no, we're going to talk about Maggie's outfit at the party. Yeah. Oh, oh good. I have words about that. What's so, going um, Parker's outfit here? I thought it was like a like a buffalo plaid. Or am I thinking of later in the show? Um, yeah, no, her outfit right there in that scene is great. But now we're on the scene where Parker tells Hardison that she... She's like, oh, I took your advice. I went and played tourist. And, and she's like gushing oh, about how gold. Gold. Which was, you know, that's the character she was playing. And it was yeah. hilarious. But like, I love the rainbows. <laughs> yes. Are they like an orangey red? They were like a hot pink, weren't they? God, that they were intense. garish. They were but it was, you know, it was that like kind of trashy Eastern European look that she was going for. And then Hardison's still in the like vomit brown he so was this like crazy combination of the two of them and they're pretending to be a couple an american and a ukrainian who want a marriage visa and they bust into lundy's gigantic room that he's using as an office and they want a marriage visa and he's like oh, i don't do that but they in the meantime you know clone his phone and and take pictures of all of his papers and stuff they find out that he's um he has a travel visa to the United Arab Emirates, and he's got these different accounts set up in different tax havens. Um, and then they also find the info about a fence that uh, Parker recognizes on his phone. And then Parker's like, you know what? I kind of feel bad messing this up for him. <laughs> and Nate's like, yeah, I don't. That's yeah. fine. He's framed my ex-wife. Uh, so the fence, his name is Chernov. And this scene is so good. Because Tara and Elliot go to take care of this fence and they don't know anything about him and they don't have a, a cover made up. And so she's oh, like, it's cool. I can do this. I just won't say anything. It's fine. And he's like, what? And this dude is terrifying looking. He's got scars. His nose is all crooked. He's like sitting on a park bench about to dive into his lunch so you know he's hungry. Probably grumpy. Mm-hmm. And then Tara just like walks over in her awesome leather trench coat and just sits down and grabs his sandwich. <laughs> I want to know what kind of sandwich it was. I, I, it was looking like a pastrami or a roast beef of some sort. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but she just looks at him and he's like, who are you? And then he starts getting nervous because she's just like looking at him and he breaks. But I love that he decided to talk to them in English. 
Oh, <laughs> that was a good note. Yeah, um, which you know, we're talking in Ukrainian, Ukrainese, Ukrainian. Yeah, because that's where they're at. Yeah, but you know, for the purpose of the show, it it's easier for him to talk in English. So he talked in English, spoken English. Um, and then she's like, you know. I'm not going to say anything, but when I look over at you, like, just give your scary face. And he's like, what are you talking about? She's like, oh, you know what I'm talking about. And so they look over and he's like, Elliot's giving that terrifying face. I know. It's super creepy. And the guy just folds and he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And he, like, gives them this envelope. And, you know, (laughs) Tara tells Elliot, you know, often what we imagine or what we imagine is so often... Sorry, what we imagine is often so much better than the reality. And Elliot goes, like love. I know. I was like, what? That's that's not. It's like the weirdest thing. And she's like, the fuck? I know. That's like, that's a weird. <laughs> Im- like, I hope it was improvised. <laughs> that newbie. That's just so weird. It's such a strange moment. Um, I'm kind of sad. Maybe this is why, like, he's just trying to find himself right now. That's why he has the beads in his hair. He just doesn't know who he is as a person. Um, anyways, the envelope is blank. And so the, the guys contact Sophie and she tells them that it's for a Zanzibar marketplace, which is uh, a market or an auction that pops up or crops up after an important piece has been stolen. So buyers get the envelope and it has like the location where you meet and a code to get you in. And then you it's like a silent auction. So you write your bid on the back of the card, you leave it there. And then if you win the money transferred from your account and you get the piece messengered to you after the heat dies down, which sounds pretty cool and was totally made up by the writers. I was like, where has this happened? Nope. No one. Never, never. Uh, yeah, and they said in the commentary that uh, John Rogers was like, oh, yeah, like a Zanzibar marketplace, like markets in Africa that just kind of pop up and then leave. And, and they're like, oh, OK. And then he left the room and they were like Googling it and trying to figure out what he was talking about. And he came back and he's like, oh, no, I just made that up. That's fine. <laughs> and they're like, we spent all night trying to figure out what you were talking about because they wanted to reference it. It was his own personal heist. Yeah. They're like, we, we have to learn how to. F- to differentiate between like you saying real things and you saying drunk things that sound real <laughs> mm-hmm. it happens yeah but this it was exciting to see sophie because uh we didn't actually see her in the last episode and i miss her when she's not there i honestly was hoping i know that she was off having a baby which is awesome i was just hoping she was making the coupling movie which i'm just ready for <laughs> Do you think they'd come back and make a coupling movie this long? You know, it's like Friends. They were going to come back and make that. But they didn't. I know. So sad. Yeah. I'm not not really sad because I wouldn't have wanted to watch a Friends movie, but... I would have watched a coupling movie. I would have watched a Friends movie. I just watched a Friends musical the other night. It was amazing. Excuse me, what? It's <laughs> really good. It was a, we, a it was Friends musical? musical? Yeah. Was it by the same people who did the Harry Potter musical? Maybe. <laughs> okay. It was at a comedy show. It was very good. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, do, 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 do. Okay. So, so Nate like walks in right into the conversation. And it's very, it's very sexy. Um, and 
I don't normally find Nate sexy, but sometimes he is. It's like very self-assured Nate is very sexy. So um, he says that, you know, the auction is probably going to be held in the embassy because they're having a party there that night and it's a safe place. They, um, they can't set the cops on them. So that's, you know, a hurdle. We have to figure out how to take this guy down if we can't get him arrested. So Nate says they're going to have to steal the egg back. And um, so they all get invitations to this party, except for Hardison, who uh, so has to sad. sit in the stinky van that smells like oh cabbage. <laughs> and you know, if Hardison is complaining about how a van smells, it smells really bad. He was just really sad that he doesn't get his canapes. He loves him some canapes. But, you know, it's it, but this is not revenge for almost blowing Sterling up. Not at all. Yeah. Uh, so the plan is that Tara's going to head into the auction, they'll get the egg, and Sterling will get IYS to clear Maggie's name. But Sterling failed to tell Nate that Maggie is dating Lundy. Layers. So, yeah. So now, um, yeah, and so the reveal of that, I think this is what we want to talk about, is that we see Maggie walking in the room on the arm of Lundy wearing... The ugliest dress. It's a nighty. She forgot to get dressed. <laughs> it's a nighty. She woke up in that. She has an amazing tan. She's forgotten a bra. She is very golden skin. She is not wearing a bra. I think that Ukraine is cold. I get um, to the room. Everybody else is wearing jackets outside. Uh, the room might be warm. Um... I don't love the handkerchief hemline. It's like a baby doll teddy. That color is probably not appropriate. Like nobody else is wearing like pastels. No, they're very, it's very intense over there. You Everyone's wearing dark colors or like jewel tones. And she's over here looking like an Easter egg. Oh, an Easter egg. Like a Fabergé egg. Do you think that's what she's going for? Um, No, but... It's not what she was going for, but maybe the costume does. I don't know. I I'm not a fan, and like the different textures of the boob part to like a satin skirt part, very very thin satin. Uh huh. And like the really thin straps. It just I don't I don't like it. In the commentary, they said they loved it, and I'm like that's someone had to. I think that was a good idea. Yeah. Otherwise, they just really disliked Kari Matchett. I don't, like, she pulled it off. Like, I don't think it would have looked good on anybody else. It's definitely not my body type. It would have looked real bad. But. You know, there's those times when you just leave the house in your pajamas. But I don't, I guess I just, they're not that good. They're like sweats. Yeah, I don't know. Not, not feeling it, Maggie. I mean, I did make me, I did find out that she had her first baby at 43 and it's probably because she's still, you know, she's still dressing hot. <laughs> like I've given up. I'm in leggings. <laughs> and you're nowhere near 43. No. So yeah. No. I mean, I get closer by the day, but still. See, but you can still have a baby. It's 43. It's fine. It's fine. You just Bridget Jones this. It's fine. Oh yeah. Maybe my baby would be British. Uh, British. That'd be great. It'd be so great. 
But what if you didn't know whose kid it was? Hugh Grant. To be fine. Be fine. It wasn't Hugh Grant. He was dead. Um, McDreamy. Colin Firth. It's going to be Colin Firth. I mean, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not even going to sleep with McDreamy. There will be no question. <sighs> that was a good movie. Okay. So, since Maggie's shown up in this ugly dress and Lundy has met Tara... Tara's burnt, so she can't go to the auction. So Elliot has to be the buyer, so they have to do the switch to get him the ticket. And um, Nate is so awkward, and so and he's like saying these threatening things again. Most thieves are not as smart and attractive as they think they are. <laughs> oh, Nate. Oh, I think he's younger than you. <laughs> Yeah, because he takes a drink and she's like, I'm not Sophie. I don't care if you drink. I don't blame you. I probably would. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. It's like too real, Tara. And she's kind of like egging him on almost. She just thinks oh, this yeah. is hilarious. Um, so Elliot goes and rushes into the auction. And there is, instead of the egg actually being there, which I don't know what they would have done were they just gonna like elliot was just gonna beat everybody up and steal the egg that's his mo yeah but the egg is not actually there instead there is a laptop with a live feed of the egg and hardison needs to make sure that it's not a video and he needs to try to make sure or figure out where the video is coming from and so hardison or elliot's like uh can you turn it how do we know that's not just a picture of the egg and then he makes him do some things with the numbers, with his hands. Five, three, two, two, five. Yeah. Five, three, five, two, two. Because he goes, oh, thank you. Yeah. I watched the episode three times. It's fine. Um, yeah. So Elliot figures out that it's not coming from outside of the embassy and it must be coming from inside the house. The call is coming from inside the house. What? 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 Okay, so where were we? So Tara and Maggie are hitting it off. They're laughing about something, probably making fun of Nate. And uh, then she heads off. And Nate and Maggie have this really awkward conversation about like, oh, what happened to Sophie and stuff like that. But it's doing this cool, like the camera spinning around them. And it's really neat because it kind of isolates them in the middle of the room. And then they both walk out of the the shot together to go look for Lundy. And, but as they go off to find him, Parker locates the egg room, but she can't get past the the guy who's standing outside guarding it. Uh, And everybody else is out of position, so they can't go help her. But then here comes Sterling. And he's stumbling around like a drunk, (laughs) trying to pee on a wall. Which you know have issues with. I know. All right, so Sterling stumbles in, da-da-da-da, um, and he distracts the guard, which gives Parker enough time to get in and get the egg, which is very shiny and smaller than I thought they were. I thought they were bigger than that. Well, it's not an ostrich egg. Well, no, but I don't know. I guess it's pretty cool that they're tiny and they're that intricately Delicate. made. Mm-hmm. Delicate. Um, hang on. Only 69 of them. <laughs> Please get down. Okay. Uh, in the commentary, they were saying that they ordered, so the writers ordered the first egg that they bought, but they didn't read the di- dimensions on the website. And so when they got it, it was like an inch tall. 
And they're like, well, this isn't going to work. It's not 9 million. Nope. No, no one's going to pay that much. Um, so they ordered another one and it was a better size and they, uh, they added extra stuff. So it looked unique and one of a kind, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then Hardison is, is playing pranks on, uh, on Sterling with the feedback in his earpiece. And Parker is so skinny. I'm like, what is her rib cage even? But whatever. And then Maggie and Nate are still looking for Lundy. And, she, and he's like talking weird. <laughs> and she recognizes his intercom he's voice. This whole episode, though. I mean, <laughs> yes. threats and Yeah. Well, uh, you know, he, he's emotionally compromised in this episode. Can you imagine all like he's drinking again? Maggie's in danger. Sophie's She's not dating around. someone else, and Maggie's on, and Sophie's on around. But like, can you imagine if Sophie was there? Oh all God. of that would have been ramped up because she would have been very judgmental. Oh yeah, yeah. So. So she's pissed that he lied to her and he's trying to tell her about Lundy. But then they both get tased before he can explain everything. That part I don't believe at all. Like, I don't think a taser can shoot two people at once. I don't think it can shoot two people once. And also, I don't think it's going to knock them both out. And also, I don't think that she's going to come back to consciousness before he does. No. Though he is drunk. So but that so might affect him more. Right? Probably. They're at a ball. They are. Well, he, he did several shots. He was drinking several things. Like, I don't think she really had much to drink, but they both come to in this dirty storage room, which apparently, because it was in this factory or something in Portland, um, apparently the whole place smelled like cinnamon. Oh, that actually sounds lovely. It's kind of nice, except the floors are really sticky. <laughs> which Probably from the maple syrup. I mean, it was breakfast place. Yeah. So Nate goes over and tries the door, even though Maggie says that she already tried it and it was locked. And then she's like, men she's already tried it she's gotten up got back down put his head in her lap yeah maggie's a superhuman yeah uh, or she was conscious the whole time um and she says they the guys just look like security guards so the team can't find them because she took his earpiece out right before they got tased uh and then the team gets a call from nate's cell phone and they you know the disguised voice on the phone as we all know from any hostage situation, because we've all been in those, um, it says not to call the cops, and which Sterling immediately tries to do, because he's uh -oh. brilliant. And Elliot takes over, and he's like, "There's two hostages. They can kill one to make, you know, yeah, to make a message or send a message." Exactly. And he, he like breaks down what's going to happen. He's like, "There are three possibilities. All this stuff." And Sterling is like, you're going to listen to this punch out guy and not me when your friend's lives are in danger. And he's like, uh, everyone else is like, yeah, <laughs> why wouldn't we? And he points out, I'm the retrieval specialist. It's literally my job. Just retrieving. Yeah. I'm like a golden retriever. Just like Winston. Just like Winston, your dog. Yes. He's a golden retriever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So obviously when Sterling makes them choose, the team chooses Elliot. There's no question. And uh, Maggie and Nate are like wandering around trying to find weapons to get themselves out of here. And Maggie's trying to figure out what Nate was trying to tell her about Lund Lundy. Um, but then Sam, Lundy's assistant, is pushed through the door with like a hood on his head. And she finds out that 
Lundy is bad. And the team gets another call and they are able to isolate uh, the voice out of it. And it is Lundy. Uh, and he, they, they tell him that they want proof of life of Nate and Maggie and the webcam in the room is turned on and they realize that this is the same room as the egg, as the egg room where Parker really, was earlier. Not a classy room to put it in. It is, it is not, but it did a their egg. It's a really nice egg. Well, I mean, you, you want to put it where people would not think to look for it. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So they turn on this webcam in there just as Sam is telling them everything that Lundy's done and how he's find, found out about it and how he's gone crazy. And Maggie figures out that the team is still working on the job and they're like arguing <laughs> while Sam's freaking out. He's like, is this what you should be talking about right now? And then they blame it on each other. She started it. He started it. But the team gets an address to bring the egg to to get um, Maggie and Nate back. And it's one of Lundy's building sites. Uh, but so they have to get the egg and bring it to this drop site, right? And the the henchmen come in and Nate and Maggie have these like awesome makeshift weapons. So they've like hot wired some some wires so they can electrocute a dude. And then Nate makes a flamethrower. But with a match. With a match. I feel like that would have burned your hand. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Lundy like ducks out of the way real fast. Yeah. He's, he's got those middleman yeah, reflexes. But uh, then we find out that Lundy is not the bad guy. He is also handcuffed. Yeah. And it turns out that it's Sam who's pissed that he doesn't have a pension or savings due to this bankruptcy of Lundy's. And Lundy goes from being this smug, rich, white dude to being this, what? I thought you were my friend. Yeah. Like little sad Scooby-Doo voice. What? And he's like, I'm not your friend. I was your employee and you screwed me over. And so yeah. I'm going to kill you, pretend you faked your death, and I'm going to take your money. Yeah. And Nate is kind of impressed. Yeah. <laughs> and he says oh. so out loud. <laughs> so Elliot is waiting at the drop site. Yeah, he says he wants proof of life of, again, of Nate and Maggie, uh, where they're handcuffed to an elevator with a bomb. Um, and bomb. so he's so many bombs. I guess they're like you can just find them at the grocery store in the Ukraine. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, you must be able to. Yeah. Yeah. Europe's so different than America. Here you can just buy guns at the grocery store. I know. They're bombs. And yet safer over there. Who knew? I don't know. Everyone knows. <laughs> Everyone knows. Okay. Um, on to less depressing subjects. <laughs> Elliot, or so Elliot's going to put the egg in the elevator on the 20th floor and send it down. Nate and Maggie and Lundy are going to be sent up with the bomb. Elliot doesn't know about the bomb. And yeah, then Sam's going to hightail it out of there with an embassy car and head straight to the airport. And he'll yeah. be in South America before anybody is there to clean up the bodies. So Maggie and Nate are trying to get this bomb and Lundy's just like freaking out and cowering in a corner crying just crying like a little baby like i would do if there was a bomb 
Yes, like a normal person would do. Yeah, but Maggie is not normal because she's a superhuman. And she's like, well, if I can't move this bomb, I'm going to make out with my ex-husband. In front of my new boyfriend. Yeah. I mean, these are your choices. And. Yeah. Yeah. And then we see Sam. We see the elevator open to Sam and he goes to grab his his treasure. But it's not the egg. It's the bomb. And he has just enough time to jump out of the way before it explodes. Because it turns out that Parker was riding the elevators elevator surfing like in the meg cabot book size 12 is not fat um and she jumps over switches out the bomb for the egg and then it lands back in their elevator interrupting the kiss yes like a badass just come on let me get this bomb me i've been like he's an ex for a reason come on maggie Yes, but I don't think the reason was that he was bad at kissing. I don't know. I haven't kissed him. No, me neither. But I think Maggie's a good kisser because Nate is super out of breath. <laughs> He's like winded. <laughs> yeah. She took him for a ride using only her mouth. So I maybe I don't know. <laughs> I think that's a different show. I think that's Lost Girl. That's where Supernatural and her, them like combine. Yes, that's the crossover. Yeah. Love it. Um, yeah, but I just love Parker's like, excuse me, I just got to grab this bomb. Like not concerned at all. They're making out. <laughs> <sighs> so great. So what it turns out that Hardison sped up the elevators for the first 10 floors and then slowed them down and stopped them for a second, which gave Parker time to switch them out and then returned them at the same speed. And, uh, but like, as we said, Sam survived and he tries to book it out of there in his embassy car, but he gets pulled over for speeding because it no longer has embassy plates. Can they really not get pulled over with embassy plates? I don't think so. I don't know. I think that they are. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people get to use embassy cars, but those who do are completely safe from anything like that. Just break all the rules. I know. Isn't that I scary? The psych episode where they're turning to ambassadors. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. Whenever I think of embassy cars, I just think of Princess Diaries. Okay. Okay. We think of two different things. <laughs> I mean, most things make me think of Princess Diaries, but whatever. Okay. Yeah. I love that movie. I like the books too. I've already mentioned Meg Cabot today. Um, so yeah, so he, he's arrested because they're speeding and the plates have been stolen and so nate wants to know how they figured it out and elliot's like okay this is so easy first there was apparently no sound the first time they used the webcam and then they turned it on for this one and so the only reason they would have turned the sound on was if they were trying to make a point of what sam was saying my counterpoint to that was how do we know there was no sound the first time the webcam they used the webcam because, like, I mean, Elliot didn't say, hey, can you make the guy in the room say 53522? He said, can he show me? Like, there was no reason for it to make any noise. It's an egg. It's not an audio. Yeah. It's There's not, not like, like a recording from Zarnicola's on it. Yeah. It's not one of those greeting cards that you can record things on. So, so I don't know. fitting um, on. I would pay $9 million for that. We just need the perfect gift for our boss. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, you know, that seemed pretty obvious. And then they just figure it out from there. And Maggie's super impressed. She's like, you know, people underestimate you, Elliot. And Nate's like, yeah, that's kind of the point. Yeah. So keep him around. He's not just a pretty face and a hard fist. He's got a good brain in his noggin. Because he doesn't get hit up there. He tries not to. And he doesn't mess around with guns. No. Not even my guns. No. So as Sam is being carted off, Sterling <laughs> makes his final entrance <laughs> from the trunk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so good. And that minister from earlier is there and he just immediately turns around and starts opening this trunk. Um, and, you know, he's like, oh, you helped me and I have the egg. And he pulls yes. it out. You got my phone call. The press. Yeah. And... Then we find out at the very end via a news conference that he has been invited to join Interpol, mm. which was added after like post-production because they were trying to figure out um, they needed Sterling to come back later and they wanted him to be to have like a bigger role in like the world than just working for IYS. And so late one night, they were like, well, why don't we just put him in Interpol? So they went back and filmed like this, added this later. And the guy who plays the news anchor, his name is Ben Ben Raymond Jack. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's actually the post-production supervisor for the episode. Oh. And they were like, Ben, get on camera, read this copy, go. And they even say, to go back to your point earlier, that he's a modern day Sherlock Holmes. Oh, do they? Yeah. Which when you were like, he's like the Moriarty, I was like, oh my gosh. Yes. That's good. That's good. And everyone's super pissed because once again, Sterling has, you know, reaped the benefits of all of the team's hard work, which there are other people uh, in this universe who reap the benefit of the team's hard work, but we like those guys. So we like the other people, but not, not Sterling. And Tara is pissed as well because they didn't even get paid. I know, but now she's part of the team. I know. She's like, I hate that guy. And Elliot's like, now you're part of the team. <laughs> Clink. Yeah. Um, so then we have that like sweet little blast scene with Maggie and she's got to head back to LA. And they're so cute. Like they obviously still like have all these feelings for each other. And she's really like, she still likes Nate a lot. But they, you know, there's too much. There's too much under the bridge. Too much history. And he's like, I, I'm sorry I lied to you. And she's like, yeah, I am too. But then he's like, this isn't what I want to do. And she's like, no, now you're now you're lying to me. Uh, and she's not even worried that he's drinking, but she's just worried that he's hiding it. I'd be like, well, no, I'd also be worried that he's drinking. Well, like he's mixing it in a coffee cup. That's where you'd put iron. Like, it's hot. You can put that in a glass. No, I mean, yes, but yeah. And she tells him that she likes the man that he's become but it's too bad that he doesn't. And that's the end of the episode. My thing is they keep talking about the first bomb is always the hardest. Mm -hmm. I would argue that point by saying the last bomb isn't great. (laughs) No, I would a hundred percent agree with you. Oh yeah. Your first bomb's hard. Your last bomb worse. He probably don't recover from that. 
No, there's a reason it's your last bomb. It's like, yeah. it's not the fall that'll kill you. It's the sudden stop. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. All right. Any last thoughts on this episode? Not on the episode. Okay. But I did find a botched insurance job. It's one of the more famous botched insurance jobs that I was going to share with you. Okay. Tell me your high slate. Yours is in Austin? Yes, Austin, Texas. Let me let's transfer you there. All right. Introduce you to the insurance fraud power couple. Ooh. Of the Daniels. Okay. Okay, Clayton Daniel, he's 27. Um, he decides he they're tired of being poor. So he goes out one day and he digs up a body of an 81-year-old female. He dresses her in his clothes, shoves her into a car, sets the car on fire. His wife, Molly, um, goes to claim his is $110,000 insurance policy. Oh, dang. But they start researching it, especially because it's a female in the car. <laughs> it doesn't matter that she's wearing his clothes because they burned up. Yeah. How does that help? And um, they go to the house and they find Clayton, the husband, just with a new hair job. Like, they dyed his hair. Like, that's it? No that's reconstructive it. surgery? That's no it. No colored contacts? No. Oh, God. Nothing. He's just a blonde no. now. Molly is sentenced. Get this to 30 years. What about him? I don't know how much he was either. But I was thinking, like, murderers don't even get that. 30 no, rapists don't get that. That's a long time. And so my thing is he could really take some lessons from Sophie and Tara because he's not a grifter. No, he's not. No. But we don't want him to be a good grifter. Like, we want assholes like that to get caught. Very easily, too. Yeah. Wow. Just at his house. Yeah. Just not even hiding out. Like, I'm a brunette now. I'm I'm his his twin brother. (laughs) I'm Drayton. (laughs) Snayton. Did they tell everybody that they knew that he was dead did they have like a funeral and like i think that they were just like he's dead did he have to get a new job well i hope i guess they were like oh we'll have one hundred and ten thousand dollars. we don't need jobs set for life but not really <laughs> not really hundred thousand dollars for not life that much but I'm it was in the do- 80s so i think in today's money that's like 30 million dollars oh <laughs> no it's that much but okay could be it is a lot yeah. Oh man, people are assholes, right? Okay, my high slight is a little more current. It's but not super current. It took place. Uh, this story was published May fifteenth, two thousand seventeen. Okay, and let me introduce you to the great California bee heist. Yes, and the the very tenuous connection to this episode is that the suspect that the authorities have identified as of this article was a Russian-Ukrainian. So, um, yeah, yeah, get ready. Get ready. The first line of this article. It was probably the biggest bee heist in California history. It was probably the only, but on January 17th, hundreds of hives vanished from Sutter County, north of Sacramento. Um, So they've, and there's like some mysterious shit about this article. 
So now authorities believe they've identified a Russian-Ukrainian suspect in the crime, along with a string of other bee thefts that they believe he carried out in California and possibly beyond. Pavel Tvernitov, 51, was arrested on April 28th in Madera County on suspicion of possessing stolen property. But the charge was never officially filed after Fresno County took over the case. The sheriff's office has not pursued additional charges, he added, because it's probably going federal. Oh an, FBI, an FBI spokeswoman would not confirm or deny an investigation, and messages left at phone numbers for Tsvernatov were not returned Monday. So thefts have so far have been documented in six California counties. Ten victims have put their losses at nearly a million dollars. So these bees pollinate almond trees, uh, and they help produce crops that cleared two billion pounds in, the, in 2016. Uh, in a single season, they said a beekeeper can earn <laughs> a beekeeper can earn one hundred and eighty thousand dollars after expenses. Is that so, why honey is so expensive? Well, no, like they use the bees to pollinate. So oh. the honey is the byproduct, you know? So I think that like what they're being paid to do is make sure the bees are there to pollinate, which, you know, if we had a lot of bees naturally hanging out like they used to, probably wouldn't be that big of an industry. The bees are already, you know, not doing so hot. So uh, these beekeepers are coming f with their bees from all over the country, apparently. Um, so the case against Tvernatov broke in March after he brought a beekeeper from Missouri to a nursery in Fresno County that has long catered to the profession. A beekeeper's equipment is often marked with unique identifiers, and the man from Missouri noticed hives that looked like they belonged to his friends, a couple that offers pollination and other services back home. Plus, he added, the beekeeper also noticed that the equipment at the nursery didn't look right. <sighs> It looked like a chop shop for beehives. Oh my god! <laughs> so they're everywhere. They're scattered, and different kinds are mixed with other kinds. Like, which has to re wreak havoc on bee colonies. Like, you'd be like, "Oh, here I'm going to mix and match these two different hives." Like, that's not going to go well. No. Using using FaceTime, God bless the future. The beekeeper dialed the couple that he thought they belonged to. After showing them what he'd found, Solis said they hopped on a plane to Fresno. <laughs> They're like, that's my stuff. I'm going to get my bees. Uh, so he said authorities later identified two other areas in the county that were being used to store stolen property. At one of them, they found hundreds of the beehives that were stolen in Sutter County. One of the unlucky beekeepers, Lloyd Cuniff of Beeline Honey in Ch Chateau, Montana, lost 488 hives or enough bees to pollinate 244 acres of almond trees. He puts his losses at more than $400,000. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Coysons, who somebody on the, in the story, described the crime and a second one that occurred nearby the same night as probably the biggest bee theft ever. That's crazy. So, yeah, the um, kind of got two-thirds of his equipment back, which had been spray-painted with somebody else's name. On Monday, the bees that survived were quarantined and being fed antibiotics and treated for mites. Those poor bees. Those poor bees. Those girls don't deserve that. They're just trying to work. <sighs> oh, that's rough. It's rough. 
Poor bee. People out there stealing bees. Be kind. Be kind. Um, yeah. yeah. So it blows my mind that that might be a federal case. And I wonder if it's just because it crossed state lines. Oh, maybe. So not just a California thing. But then, like, part of me is like, oh, my God, this is like, this is like the part that watched the X-Files too young of an age. Um, like, oh, this is a conspiracy. It's like the, <laughs> the Russians are going to get oh, us through yeah. our bees. They're trying to ruin all of our pollination because they know we love our almond milk. We do love our almond milk. More and more people are lactose intolerant. Yes. Okay. So you're not super big on social media, but mm, tell our listeners one thing they should do tomorrow after they listen to this episode. Oh, gosh. Tomorrow? Well, it's a Tuesday, so I think you should eat a taco. Okay. It might not be a Tuesday when they're listening, but you should still eat a taco. I think that's a good prescription for any day of the week. Yeah. Okay. Eat a taco tomorrow. Uh, and if, you, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at librarian's And if you're looking for me, just just put it on, on librarian's Yeah. Just, just, hey, we're... Yeah. I'll vet you if you want to talk to Jen. Yeah. <laughs> Anything along. You won't see us again, but you'll hear us again talking about the future job, uh, which has... A future date. It does have a future date, but it also has Luke Perry. I know, right? Also, side note that you can cut out. Do you think Colin Firth calls like his piece his masterpiece theater? No. No? He might call it his Mr. Darcy, though. <laughs> okay. Okay, go back. <laughs> I'm going to cut that out and put it at the very end. <laughs> Everyone write in. What do you think he calls it? <laughs> See what we get. <laughs> <laughs>